Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson. Perfect timing, and I'm always delighted and honored when we have one of our favorite people with us, and that is Wallace Henley, former pastor, uh, newspaper editor. He worked in the White House during the Nixon administration, congressional aide. Served for 18 years as the teaching pastor there at Houston Second Baptist Church. Uh, he's the author and co-author of over 25 books, many of which that I think are just really terrific. Uh, God and Churchill, that's a must read. Um, Earthquake, I think, is one of the profound books that he's written. And then I think he was a little ahead of his time on this, but perfect timing. Who will rule the coming gods, the looming spiritual crises of artificial intelligence? And there's a copy or a picture of the uh, cover of the book there on the screen for those watching on the Dub TV network. You may want to pick this up. Very timely. We all have AI on our mind. And I think he brings out a very alarming and concerning point of all of this. By the way, his articles are available at ChristianPost.com. He also writes for the Christian Post, ChristianPost.com. Hey, buddy. Wallace, good to see you. How you doing, friend? I'm doing great. I hope you are. Oh, yeah. We're surviving. <laughs> well, I hope that the, the heat up there in Oregon mm. does not match the heat down here in Texas. Yes, you guys have had some really hot days, and um, we, we have fires now going on. We have smoke everywhere again. So, hey, um, I want to get into this, but I want to go back a little bit. You were, you were kind of ahead of everybody on this AI thing. Um, what triggered you to write this book? Well, I think the Lord had put on my heart several months ago to begin thinking about transcendence, transcendence. That transcendence means the, the glory, God in his glorious awesomeness to which we are accountable, and we need to worship him. So many churches have become so very, very um, sloppy. I, I call it the grunge church because we've forgotten the transcendence, the greatness of God, which, which distorted can become very empty legalism. So I agree we need to be careful. But we were made for transcendence just like we were made for oxygen. And if something cuts off our oxygen, we will do everything possible to get ourselves breathing again. And the same thing is true with transcendence in the theological and spiritual arena. God made us to worship Him. We are, we are our happiest when we worship God. Our societies are, are the most peaceful and orderly when we, when we submit all of that to the Lord, when we understand that He is King and He is Lord. So when we don't do that, guess what we do? We begin trying to create idol, something that we can worship. And I refer in my book to John Calvin and what he had to say about how the heart becomes an idol factory, how inevitably we build our own gods and we fall down and worship them, which is the equivalent of worshiping ourselves which leads us to worship Satan himself, if not in, not directly indirect. So consequently, this technology, which is expanding at such a rate, we're going to have a marriage between the software, the hardware and the software that will be, become a, a, a very, very significant advance in our ability to process information, but to what end and, and uh, under what kind of motives and what kind of theories without God, without us able to say, well, Augustine said it. When he said our hearts were made for God, by God, and only God can fill them. And this now is going to become increasingly evident 
as we move down this very, very dangerous path of the increase of technological development. So you wrote the book, Who Will Control the Coming Gods? And basically, in a quick summation, what you are saying is behind AI is somebody programming it, correct? That's exactly right. And the question, the great question is, the strategic question is, what does this person who, who, who increases this technology, what does this person hold to as boundaries? What is their worldview? What, is, what kind of worldview are they, they putting into, inside the machine? Because now these machines are just on the borderland of being uh, sentient. So what kind of worldview, what kind of value system will guide the machine? It's the, it's the value system of the person who's building the machine and programming the machine. Okay, a uh, couple things. Um, we had a uh, news article the other day, and I was hoping I could get the video, but I don't have it right now. But l let me just summarize it. There's now available a Jesus and Satan AI app. That's you, correct. You can talk to Jesus and you can talk to Satan through an AI app. I mean, that, right. that, that catapults to the problem that you're trying to warn us about, right? That's correct. And, and I noted this in my most recent Christian Post column uh, about uh, the who will, who will rule the coming gods, but I'm looking at the title of it. Uh, uh, which was entitled Right on Time, the title of my column. Because when we start trying to put words in the mouth of Jesus, we're very, very close to Antiochus Epiphanes, who makes himself the, the, the target of worship in the temple and the, and the Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit that he manifested in those times, putting our words in the mouth of the gods, so to speak. This is the most dangerous aspect of this entire thing. Do you think we understand this? Do you think we know what we're doing? No, society at large does not understand it. And those who, especially many of those who are developing this, these systems certainly don't understand it. I, I think of another person who wrote a tremendous book on this very topic, Dr. John Lennox of, of uh, Cambridge University. And Dr. Lennox, even before me, was, was trying to sound this trumpet that we need to, we need to ask the question, what is guiding our, our, our choices here? What is guiding our lives here? Uh, we've got to ask those questions, and they've got to be framed in a value system that everyone can acknowledge as being the truth. Because we don't rule by force. We don't, we don't rule by, by, by uh, dict dictators telling us how we have to think. We're a free society, which means we are responsible. We are responsible for, for discovering and implementing and thinking through down the long term what we're doing and what is guiding that. Um, let me back up a little bit. When, when, this is kind of a big question. I don't know if we can answer, but I guess we can talk around it. When do you think, in particular, the American church didn't realize it was stepping away from seeking the transcendence of God? Well, one of the places was when we began to have the seeker church and the seeker-sensitive church, which uh, in the beginning uh, was a very pure, uh, purely motivated desire to reach all kinds of people. But, but that church began to uh, uh, bring itself down to the level of the contemporary culture so that we would be more relevant to people in the culture. We would be able to reach them. I'm, I'm all for relevancy. I believe in that. But you, there has to be a boundary uh, as to what you accept. And as to what you multiply, so so we took out much of the gospel of accountability, because after all, 
that implies judgment and that implies the anger of God. And that's not we think what we think about in this time. So I believe that the seeker-sensitive theology that began to develop was the beginning point of this slide down a very dangerous mountain. So that kind of puts uh, some pressure back on us believers. Are we actually representing the true God? Well, we're representing a theology, and I, want, I don't want to generalize about this. I'm praying for the Catholic Church now. And, and praying that, that God will use the Catholic Church as well as the rest of the church to help bring a new stability in the land, that they will not move away from their, their exaltation of Christ and their sense of the apostolic continuance. I pray that that will happen. Mm-hmm. But I pray that the church world, worldwide and culture-wide will understand that it's not the, it's not the running uh, boy of, of, the, of the beliefs, the worldview of the present. It's, it's, it's not the the step-and-fetch-it guy that goes out and tries to find what's needed, um, the, what, what the world wants now. I mean, let's just, let's just hire um, firms that, that, that uh, find out what the culture is thinking and tell, can tell us how to bring the gospel down to that. No, that's not the answer, and that's what's happened to it. That's what's happening. Go into many churches today, and they're very dependent on sound systems. The, the louder they can get it, and I know I'm an old man talking about this, and I've been accused of that. But also look at the way the people on the, on the platform are dressed, not with excellence, but they, their jeans are torn and, and their di- shirts are dirty and all kinds of things. It, it's a grunge church because we believe it's, the society is a grunge society. So let's, let's do our technology in that context. And that, that disturbs me greatly. Um, in some ways, Wallace, we've had AI around for quite a while. I mean, uh, Siri is AI. Hey, Siri, you know, and all of a sudden she's there and she's talking to you, right? I mean, that's right. a form of AI. Right. Now, let me, let me share something that happened to me about um, four or five days ago. Uh, I, I come to work fairly early in the morning and I'm, I, sometimes I pray out loud in my truck. Okay. And I'm driving to work. It's 415, 420 in the morning. <laughs> okay. And I'm praying out loud pretty good. <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear, sorry, I didn't understand that. Would you repeat that, please? <laughs> now, I've always wanted to hear the audible voice of God, and I had no idea it was Siri. <laughs> and did you say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Forgive me, ma'am. I, you know, it stunned me so bad. I, at first I was shocked, then I started laughing, but I got to thinking about it. Gosh, we, there's nothing private anymore. I mean, you literally have to turn everything off and walk alone to have a conversation with God. Yes, and I, I remember reading a while back about a very famous uh, apologist. I don't remember his name right now, but his little daughter asked him um, that we need to say amen when we talk to Siri. And I think that's permeated the culture in a big, big, big way and will increasingly as we lean more and more on these things. And by the way, let, let's you and I both, and I know I know this is your heart as well as mine. We don't want to be hypocrites about this. Right. I'm grateful for advances in technology. Right. I've had medical procedures that were greatly enhanced in a very wonderful way and kept me out of the surgery because they could look inside my body in some other ways instead of doing exploratory surgery. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for these things. I'm grateful for the ability uh, to, to move fast around uh, or when we need to around the world and, and preach the gospel in the nations. That's why, why, that's why God has given us this gift. 
Because the whole point of history is spoken by Jesus in Matthew 24, 14, when he says this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed, will be announced in all of the all the ethnes, all the people groups, all the nations in the world, and then the end tell us the purpose of all things. The purpose of history will be achieved. And so consequently, we have this immense gift of communication that can facilitate that, and we need to think about that, but also at the same time be very careful about what we're submitting ourselves to. Yeah, because that was, you know, to that point, I was going to ask you, there's some good points about AI. We had another story on the news the other day how it's helping people recover from strokes. So I don't know how all this works. There's some good to it, but there's a lot of caution to it. But one of the things that seems to come out of this, Wallace, is I'm wondering if it's making us lazy. Sadly, it is. Uh, and, And I have found that to be true in my own life. I've got all these books behind me. I've got more than 700 books behind me on these on these cases. And I, I w- was wondering the other day how many times I refer to those books um, in, instead of going straight to the computer and just asking the computer the easy question, how, how, do, you, how do I find this or how, how do I define this? How, how, how do I find it? So, yeah, that's true. Making us lazy. Are our brains now going to begin to, to, to shrink because we're not loading them with data? Uh, that that we used to think about, we used to use ourselves, uh, our brains to think and to and to consider outcomes and implications of the things that we say and the things that we do. Those are questions that again go back to this accountability question: to whom are we accountable, mm-hmm. and to what kind of belief system are we accountable? All right, let me take a quick break here because I have some. I want to come back to the transcendence part of all of this. So go to ChristianPost.com. You can read a lot of uh, Wallace's. Uh, articles there, but you may want to get a copy of this book, and let me encourage you to check it out online, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods, The Looming Spiritual Crises of Artificial Intelligence. I think you're going to find it as something to read, glean from, and be aware of. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. And honored to have back with us our good friend Wallace Henley. And we're talking about his latest book, uh, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods? Uh, the Looming Spiritual Crises of Artificial Intelligence. And let me encourage you to check out the book online. Wallace also writes great articles with uh, the Christian Post. And you can go to thechristianpost.com and check it out. In fact, um, you mentioned the idea of God factories. And um, I'm trying to figure out here, when we had the story about the Jesus IA app. Uh, I guess my concern out of that, curiosity could cause a lot of people to go there to see how it works, um, which in itself could be a trap. But can AI, from what you understand, can it really take spirituality and give it a fair (laughs) hearing 
And can it take ethics and give it a fair hearing? The human being is triune. We're made in the image of God, and we're triune as God is triune. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. Now, if we function in the totality of ourselves in that, in that sense, then we're going to make good decisions, and we're going to act wisely, and we, un- we will understand our accountability. So this is why this is the big difference between the human being and the manufactured entity. The manufactured entity is not going to be made in the image of God. We, we cannot imprint. We can't take from ourselves and imprint that in the, in the, in the uh, mechanical thing that we develop. What will happen is that we will have machines that are making very important decisions, but are without any sense of the, of the spirit. They will, they will talk the language of the spirit. We can put that in them. And, and, and they can do the business of the soul. The soul is mind, emotion, and will. Uh, at least they can partially do it. We've not yet figured out how to get the, 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 the true sentience in those machines. But without the spirit and without the soul, our, our factories will produce the equivalent. Think about a, an automobile factory that, that leaves out the most important parts of the engine and the most important parts of the steering mechanisms or the most important parts of the brakes as, as to when to put, put the brakes on. Think about that and transfer that over to the manufacturer of these kinds of machines that have no spirit and soul, but only a facsimile thereof, which is inadequate. And then you'll begin to understand how deep the crisis is. Okay. Um, Let's stick on that for a moment. Body, soul, and spirit. Um, It's interesting to me that people who don't claim to have any faith whatsoever beginning to sense that the direction of our culture is wrong. Okay. And I'm wondering, are we teaching in churches today, spiritual sensitivity? In other words, God has gifted us with the tool. If I can use that term, to kind of sense something's wrong here and I shouldn't do it. Right. Well, two things contribute to that. If you'll remember, and boy, do I remember it uh, in the, in the seventies and the eighties, we had a great crisis in, in the evangelical church, churches, the evangelical churches, a great crisis about biblical authority. And there was an assault, if you will, uh, from some people in the academy, uh, especially the left wing, the, the liberal academy, seminaries and colleges and universities and so forth. I will never forget one of the spookiest conversations I ever had as a newspaper reporter in the 1970s. I was at the University of Notre Dame covering a meeting, and I, I was able to interview uh, Catholic uh, Bishop Pike of, of the Roman Catholic—I'm sorry, of the Anglican Church. He was, a, he was an archbishop out in California, and Bishop Pike had gone far down the road of the occult. He had a tragic experience in his life, but he was, he was moving through all, as if a lot of these biblical uh, uh, prescriptions against indulging in this— but, but those had been torn down by the culture and, and by a culture that he had helped create. I also interviewed um, uh, the man who, who gave us the, the God is dead theology. Mm. And I did an exact uh, direct interview with him. He was a theolo- theological pro- professor at a university in, 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 in uh, Georgia. 
So on that side, that was going on. And then in the 1980s, 1990s, there, there became uh, a resurgence of the charismatic movements. And then there were reactionary movements to that, but then evangelical churches, which were very strong uh, at that time. And so we lost, in many ways, we lost the sense of, of operating in the spirit as defined and valued by the scriptures that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so, so people, people care, accuse me of being a charismatic. But my concern always was that we, we've got to have a better theology of the Holy Spirit within evangelical churches. And we've also got to have a better sense of the authority of the scriptures in, in, in liberal churches. So, we, so that when these two come together, they come together in a way that is productive and peaceful and completely carried out in the image of God. That's beautiful. Um, do you think we're becoming desperate for the transcendence of God? Not yet. We're not there yet. But you know how that grows, that, that sense of desperation grows when people begin to get humble. And as long as pride is, is growing so intensely across the culture, we don't need God, we don't need this, we don't need these restraints, we really want to reach this culture, and if we, don't, if we start dressing up and having orchestras instead of loud guitars, I'm talking like an old man, I know that, but if we think we can change everything that way, our actions, we will become dependent on ourselves that we are enough, we can do it, we don't need God, we don't need the Holy Spirit. That's what concerns me. We don't need the Bible. That's what concerns me. Because what falls through the, <clears throat> what falls through the cracks here, uh, Wallace, and I'll go back to people criticizing you to be charismatic, and that's fine. I grew up that way, so I, I get it. But here's the point. Um, what has fallen through the crack is the seeking of the miraculous. I mean, God still does miracles, but yet we're kind of embarrassed to go down that road because you're seen as radical. Well, we're seen as radical, and, and there's also cautions that need to be put on that, because if we, if we abandon, if, if, if we do this spiritual movement, if we, if we reawaken the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our churches and our hearts, but we do that without any biblical restraint, mm -hmm. then it, it'll just be crazy, and, and, and a lot of it is, and I understand the concern about that. A lot of it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think there's a lot of caution about AI. I guess the, the, the problem, to your point, is who's programming it? We don't know, but we're at the mercy of whoever that is and what their worldview is, if they have one. And is there any spiritual enlightenment to that? There is good to AI, but there's a lot of caution to AI. Um, but we live in such a fast pace, we're looking for the easy way to get anything done. To your point, it's easier for you to go to the computer than turn around and find a book on your shelf. <laughs> but, but let me let me also say, say this: yeah. that at, at the same time, we have to recognize the danger when we try to exercise a, a authoritative positions ourselves. If, if if we're without the sense of God's transcendence, then then we'll say, you know, I'm the creator of this machine. I made God. I built God. I created God. That's the great danger that. Uh, I think lurks in this. I have a chapter in the book on silicon religion, uh, and I and, the, and it carries out the basic worldviews of, of the people who are building the machine, as reflected in their speeches, their their comments, and so forth. And uh, so I, I hope that people will look at that chapter, especially as they read the book. Do you think we're heading to some kind of a social collision? <laughs> 
And, and the reason I ask that, I had a story earlier today in the news. Um, Disney, in 17 months, value has dropped 56% because they went woke. We've seen Bud Light basically lose a brand. Uh, we've seen Target basically barely holding on. So there seems to be a pushback from America to this nonsense. And, um, but at the same time, uh, it certainly provides an opportunity for the church. Um, but here comes AI that could fill the gap if we're not careful here. Well, AI could fill the gap in, in what way? I'm not sure I understand that. Well, it's being the answer. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, it's being the answer. Yeah. Of course. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I think you're exactly right. Because as, as we go farther down this track, we, we, have, a, we have a conglomeration of entities that, that shape the way the culture operates and the way it thinks. I, I think I've given this many times on this program. But remember, the consensus establishment right. is what ultimately everything kind of comes down to. And the consensus establishment is the information establishment, the entertainment establishment, the academic establishment, and the corp and the corporate the, the corporate establishment and the governing establishment. When all of these are in concert, which they are in our culture, because they dominate so much of the mass media, and they can continue to shape these things. And so, when their opinions about what things are, I mean, look 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 at the kind of coverage that that conservative candidates get as opposed to uh, non-conservative. If a non-conservative um, breaks the law and it needs to be observed, then then the media protect them. Uh, the, the media will come, at the, will come after the conservative, is what I'm trying to say. And because of the work of that, of that society, we're, we're right back again where Daniel was in Babylon. When they wanted to conform him to the to the worldview of Babylon, and he said, "No, it will not happen." And what happened to him? He gets thrown in the lion's den, and his friends into the uh, fiery furnace. We we've got to be brave enough to get down that road. And I'm preaching to myself as well. Looks like we're coming to that, doesn't it? The the question is before us. I mean, persecution of the church uh, is intensifying. It's it's not yet in the Western culture. In ours, it's not yet the swords. And and the hanging uh, trees, but in our culture, very much it is it is casting, making you as if you were dead. I mean, I mean, when they turn you off, you're, you're turned off, and you lose credibility, and you lose the ability to do, to, to do uh, your your marketing, and so much more. Those are the kinds of ways that we're seeing this grow in our culture now. Wallace, you're fascinating. Uh, let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, he was way ahead of his time, but boy, spot on right now. Get a hold of the book called God, uh, excuse me, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods and uh, the Looming Spiritual Crises of Artificial Intelligence. Again, for those of you watching on the Dove TV channel, there is a copy or a picture of the cover of the book. If you're listening on the radio network, um, check it out at the bookstores or online, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods by uh, Wallace Henley. And, of course, you can uh, read a lot of his articles as he writes great work for the Christian Post and go to thechristianpost.com. Thank you, brother. You're amazing. You're amazing. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Stay in the fight. Good to see you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, 
please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.